It's time for JT the Brick. Marcheseau scores! Jonathan Marcheseau wins it in overtime with 17 seconds to go. What is going on? I don't understand this. This is supposed to be a Stanley Cup product, period, all the time that we're out there. And I know there's injuries, and I know you're not going to be at 100% full strength. I get all that, but come on. JT the Brick. Out for Stone, here he comes, working left side, he shoots, he scores! Mark Stone, he wins it in overtime! This is supposed to be a one seed, two seed at its worst. Really disappointing to see the play of the Vegas Golden Knights, who I pulled for to win. Really disappointed, they need to wake up. And now, here's JT the Brick. Welcome back everybody, hour number two of the show. JT in the Lotus Studios today, was in the Raiders Studios yesterday, my conversation with Derek Carr coming up here in a few moments. Uh, thanks to Dave Ziegler, the GM, who joined us live. Great to connect with him and put a name with the face and hopefully have him on a bunch more. It was a big overview interview of his past, what he's doing now. I couldn't go player by player. We had 20 minutes with him, and we took it all. He was very generous with his time, and I think the fact that he told us, really the big thing in roster development, is looking at this first roster that he's ever seen. Get rid of the players that he didn't want. Could have been some good players. Bring in the players that he wanted. And keep some of the players, depending on their contracts. He gets an opportunity with the draft. I didn't want to talk a lot about the draft either because he has a third-round pick. If I would have asked him, hey, you're going to trade up, he would have said no or wouldn't have told us. I wouldn't ask him that. He's going to take the best player available or do something stealth like he has done. But we should be able to talk to him right after the draft. I'll be with the Raiders draft night. Anchoring some draft coverage from them starting at 3 o'clock here on the flagship Raider Nation Radio. So there's a lot of NBA this weekend. You know, last Friday, we sat here and Tiger Woods was one under par, about to play round two of the Masters. And Scotty Scheffler took over on Friday of last week and didn't turn back and won the Masters. That was pretty exciting. We've had opening day, opening week in baseball. Interesting to me. Clayton Kershaw had a perfect game going yesterday, got pulled. Going into the eighth inning, Vlad Guerrero Jr. hit three home runs in Yankee Stadium. Dodgers, Giants, out west, the Padres, Otani. Ball's going to kind of drip along here for the first couple of weeks, and then the NBA playoffs are here. And the NBA playoffs have this play-in game where the 10 plays the 9, whoever loses is out, and the winner of that game plays the winner of the game before them, the 7-8 game. So we have two more games left before they get to the full playoffs. That'll start this weekend, including Philadelphia. Can't wait to see what they do. And Boston hosts Brooklyn. Oh, so I called my dad today, Bobby, because you're a Celtic fan and, you know, my dad. I said, Dad, I don't like Kyrie. I want him out. And my dad said, no, we don't like Boston. My dad's a New Yorker. He said, get Boston out, and then we'll deal with the, the Nets. My dad's a New Yorker. He doesn't hate Brooklyn and Brooklyn Nets. But my point is he grew up despising the Celtics, so NBA playoffs are here. The two teams that won, New Orleans and Minnesota, I thought were perfect teams to move to Vegas and relocate for basketball. But a lot of people want to see it. They want to have it like the Golden Knights and have an expansion team. Well, if the, if the NBA decides to expand here with Tim Laiwiki and they do that, it'll be an expansion team and it'll take time. If they move a team here, you got to rebrand it. And hope that the locals buy into it. The great thing that the Golden Knights had going for them is everybody who had a hockey team 
adopted the Golden Knights or became initial fans of them. And look at this fan base now. If you're a Golden Knight fan, good luck tonight. If you lose this game, I think the season's over. You win this game, you're right back in it again. Still there with a few angles to get in. A loss in this game in a building that they don't play well in could be really tough tonight. I'll be watching. I'll be listening there. So yesterday I was kind enough to get a call from the Raiders to go over and interview Derek Carr. Derek came in, took his physical, signed his contract, did a press conference, and then came up to the studios of Silver and Black Productions. Here's my conversation with the quarterback. Derek, congratulations. I want to begin. What a great day. What does this day mean for you and your family? Yeah, you know, it means so much. You know, it means, uh, you know, that we, we get to continue the only thing that I've wanted to do, and that's be the Raiders quarterback, you know. And I think, I think everyone knows at this point how much this place means to me. Um, hopefully, hopefully the no trade clause shows that I don't want to be anywhere else, you know. And, uh, and I, I've just tried my best, you know, to try and put it into words how, how special of a place this is when you got – you have guys like Rich Gannon, you got guys like Charles Woodson, you know, you got all of these guys, Marcel Reese, you know, these legends that have come through here, and there's so many more that have texted me. But when they're texting you the morning of, like, so happy for you, you deserve it, man. And I'm like, man, I don't deserve anything, but I understand what you're saying, you know. Um, and I'm so, I'm so thankful that I can continue to be a part of a group like that, you know, um, you know, that I can continue to represent an organization where some of the greatest players in NFL history came through, you know. And for me, it's a special opportunity, and it's an opportunity to continue to achieve the things I've set out to achieve for this organization. Let's talk about your faith and family. We have for yeah. many years. Yeah. And your faith along the way with this process, but the community and what you've done, and now with the mm -hmm. security, with this contract, I'm amazed at what you're going to do with some of this money going forward. I thank you for saying that because I've tried my best to encourage, give hope, and love this community, you know, because it is my community, you know, meaning that we live here, you know, this is where I live and this is where Heather lives. And, um, you know, this is where we want to give our time. This is where we want to give back. This is where we want to help see, you know, men be exactly who they're called to be. You know, this is exactly where we want to see families reunite and, 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 and thrive in their communities, thrive in their households. And so, um, some of those things take money to put on. Yeah. Some of those things take a lot of money to put yeah, on, as sure. I just, just realized, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm thankful for the city for helping us, the churches and the, um, the leadership um, in this city, in this town, uh, not only in Vegas, but Henderson, Summerlin, all around, and um, the people that have backed us and supported us all along the way. Um, this community has taken us with, like, open arms. Like, we felt so much love here every time we go out somewhere. They're like, thank you so much for giving all that you have. Thank you so much um, for what you've done for our city. Thank I was like, like I, it would bring tears to my eyes if I, they're like, yeah, we didn't want you to be here anymore. Like, you know, I'd be devastated. You know, I'd be playing a lot more golf, that's for sure. <laughs> and the Bay Area and your hometown. Well, you were born and raised. Let's, let's stay with that. And, and now, like, the Bay Area, like, we still have a house there. Sure. You know, we still have family there. We still have you know, um, you know, churches and people and that we still, some of the money that's taken, you, you know, that we're trying, we believe in what they're doing there. And, um, you know, my hometown, you know, uh, obviously, you know, I'm down there. My family still lives there, my immediate family. And, um, you know, giving back there, my time, my energy, resources, you know, um, that's why I'm so thankful, you know, that God trusts me with this kind of money and this kind of stuff, because I know, I know in the hands of Heather and I, you know, we're going to steward it 
to the best of our abilities and, and put it exactly where we can help so many people. Let's stay with your family, your dad, your yeah. brothers. You're a little kid. You're playing football. You're learning to spin it. What are they saying today? What are, what are they thinking about on your journey and the role that they play? You know, I think about my brother Darren, who on his lunch break would, you know, from his work at Academy Sports, you know, shout out, you know, I guess, <laughs> um, in Houston. And he, on his lunch break, he'd come out and he'd run routes for me. You know, when I didn't have anybody run routes for me, you know, and I think about uh, my brother David and all he taught me and all he's all he went through to help give me a better um, life and a better realization of what it takes to accomplish certain things in this league, you know, and what it takes around you to accomplish things. And, um, you know, him and I talked about it. he's like, can you believe two kids from Bakersfield, California, you know, you know, it, it, that we were just throwing the ball in the backyard and now look at you, man. I'm so proud of you. You know, that means so much to me. You know, he's him and Darren, my dad, those are my heroes. You know, my dad, you know, going to work, you know, before I was awake and coming home as I'm going to bed, you know, to just to grab me out of my bed for 30 minutes. Let's go throw in the front, son. Come on. We got to get that work in. And and him loving me in the way that he has been there for me. Um, you know, as men, you know, those are the heroes in my life. My mom, my grandpa, I think there's so many people, you know, but, you know, my dad, he's just, I'm so proud of you, you know, and for your dad to say that to you, it means more than anyone else, you know, for him to say it. So um, it's cool for me and it's cool for my family that they get to keep their Raider gear and keep rocking. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's a great transition to legends in the game and heroes. Let's start with Flores, LaMonica, Stabler, Plunkett, Gannon. Yeah. And Derek Carr. Yeah. Go through some of those names and the impact they had on your career. You know, I talked to Rich this morning, you know, and, um, you know, his support and, you know, um, you know, him sending me texts like, man, what a ball you threw on this. You know, just it coming from him is like, wow, thank you, man. Like, I can't wait to be that for the next guy because I'm there's going to be somebody after me. It's football. They need a quarterback, you yeah, know, and sure. I hope. I hope that kid, whoever it is, gets to come in here and shatter everything that we ever did. You know, I hope, you know, they take this place, you know, to places and, and do things that is championship level stuff. And that's my dream that we could at some point leave this. I, when I leave this place that we do win championships and we can leave it at that level and that the next guy comes in and just takes it and runs with it. And, you know, that's what I try to do. I've tried to honor, you know, Flores. I've tried to honor you know, Mr. Stabler, you know, Rich and Mr. Plunkett and, and LaMonica. And I, as I've gotten to know some of those guys, yeah. the only saddest thing for me is I never got to meet, you know, Kenny Stabler. You know, that that's hard for me. You know, his his daughter's been so great to my family. Um, so thankful. You know, I try I've tried to show so much honor when a, I, I break a record or I've tried to just show because I know someday like, yeah, you'd want someone to do the same thing to you, you know, and so. For me, I just, when I think of those names and the fact that my face will be next to theirs on a painting somewhere, you know, yeah. like, that's just crazy. You it know, is. like, for me as a little kid, like, I'm still in that kid mindset, like, that's just weird, you know. <laughs> awesome. Mark Davis made this commitment yes. from Oakland to come to Vegas, build the best stadium, this world-class headquarters. Yeah. Then the offseason, all yeah. these deals that are going down, what does this say about you and Mark Davis's relationship yeah. and what he thinks about the franchise going forward? <laughs> Mr. Davis knows how much I love him. You know, he does. And I'm so thankful to him. I can't wait to, you know, I haven't, I literally, I was throwing this morning, you know, with all our offensive sure. guys. And then I came straight here. I haven't even got a chance to call him yet, you know. Um, but I can't wait to talk to him and just and just tell him thank you, you know, because not, not for my stuff, but for what he's done for this organization. 
the way that he's cared about this place, the money he's spending. Everyone sees it. I mean, this guy's saying, all right, here, 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 win. Go ahead. You know, whatever we need. And, and as a player, our locker room, if I could express one thing, our locker room is like, thank you, man. Like, yes. Like, we feel like we can be one of those teams to compete for a championship. But obviously there's work to be done. And it takes an owner that says, here, do whatever you got to do. Take whatever you need to make sure that happens. And I would just say thank you to him. But our relationship has been so great yeah. uh, from the beginning. Like the way he treats my kids. You know, when we were playing in Dallas, he's sitting right next to my wife, hugging her, like telling her how much he loves her, thankful for her. Oh, thank you for Derek and how hard he was. You know, all that kind of stuff. Just the first class that he's been to my wife and to my family. I'm forever grateful. Wrapping this up, you've had some great play callers, great coaches going back to high school and college. Josh McDaniels is next level in regards to his accomplishments. In the modern era, no one's won more Super Bowls as a play caller. What's that relationship been like? You know, it's been amazing. You know, he's such a great guy. Um, I think the first thing I think about him is like, I just love being around him. You know, I think anybody does once you get around him. And he's honest. He's going to coach you hard. Um, He's going to love on you. You know, he's, he's like, he's what, what I've noticed all good coaches are. They're honest. Um, you can trust them. Uh, they're smart. They're good mm-hmm. teachers. Um, you know, you can have a great scheme, but if you can't teach it, that's hard. You know, it's not going to be good for everybody. And uh, he's a great teacher. Um, and he's a special, special human being. I mean, he even, you know, t- he was talking to Tom and Tom was like expressing, like, tell Derek, I'm so happy for him, you know, that he gets to work with you because Tom knows how much Josh helped him. And Tom expressing how he's happy for me that I get to work with Josh, how much Josh could help me. Um, you know, he knows, and that, that means a lot. When one of the best players in the world is saying that about his coach, you know, hey, Derek, man, tell, please yeah. tell Derek, you know, you know he, he's got a great guy, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, good luck. And, you know, that, that means a lot, too. Last one. You have a long career in front of you. Yeah. Around here, it's once a Raider, always a Raider. Where is your life at today, and what, what do you want your legacy to be with this organization? I, I want to be a winner. You know, I want to be a winner. Um, you know, I have been able to accomplish all the records. You know, every time I get a record, it's all right. But did we win the game? You know, like, <laughs> like that's you know, the hardest part is like throwing. We break the touchdown, all-time touchdown record, and we lose the game. I'm like, I can't even feel good about it. Like, I just like, I'm like this, this player, that player. We could have won right there. You know, I'm thinking about all those things. So when I'm done, hopefully, no matter what people can look at me and say that dude was a winner and not just by hopefully what we accomplish but that man was a winner even when it was hard you know maybe it wasn't in the win column at that time um, but man he loved that place man he gave us everything that he had and at the end of this you know playing with all the 37 different injuries I've been able to play through and only miss a certain amount of games thank the Lord Um, you know there were some scary you know Mondays waking up if I didn't know Uh, but Hopefully they can say it'll just be something where people were thankful for what I gave back to the organization, you know, because um, my goal is to win championships that will never change. And this just gives me another opportunity with another group of guys to go on a run. And hopefully we can do that. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you, Derek. Yep, appreciate it. Derek Carr yesterday, my conversation with him. I hope you enjoyed that. We covered a lot, uh, mostly congratulating him. That was a good day, a special day with him in the building as he gave us a lot of time to talk about what he wants going forward, which is winning, which is winning. There's more we talked about with Devontae, some other issues. We have X amount of time here on this podcast, but you get the gist of it. There it is, Derek Carr. Think very gracious. And someone, everybody in town still trying to figure out this contract. No trade. How much is guaranteed? The money. 
the extension, what is he making this year? Derek's making a lot of money, and he deserves every penny of it. Now he has to go out and win. We'd like your reaction. We had two big interviews today, Derek Carr and the GM Live, Dave Ziegler. What do you think about the direction of the team going forward as we're less than two weeks out for the draft or two weeks out to the draft to the day? Here, uh, 702-365-9200. Derek understands Ken Stabler. You hear what he said about Kendra? He didn't meet Ken Stabler, and he's got his records, but the Snakes got a Super Bowl. Jim Plunkett doesn't have his records, but he's got two Super Bowls. Derek knows the room. LaMonica. All the legends who have played before him. Tom Flores, the Hall of Fame. Really would have liked to get into it with Cliff Branch, but hopefully we'll talk to Derek more often. All right, so that is it. Derek Carr, my conversation with Reggie Jackson coming up. I think you're going to love that, but I want to open up the phones now. We've been kind of bogged down. I'm wide open the rest of the show. 702-365-9200. A great week for Raider fans. You should be pretty happy. I'd like to take your temperature and see how happy you are. Not a lot of skeptics on the on the phone, Bobby. It's interesting when the negative guys don't call in, and we love the negative guys, all of them, right? But it's a positive week here, and it's good to talk about some contracts, people getting rewarded, people moving here, Dave Ziegler and his family starting a new life, and the Raider Nation who's coming in in the next two weeks to be here for the draft. Got to get my voice up for that one. 702-365-9200. We're brought to you by our great friends at Modelo. With that fighting spirit, countdown to my bucket of Modelo's 24 hours from now. No, I think, uh, you know, Tim and I work together. There's no mandates. You know, we just work together as family. Um, and uh, we, you know, we together thought that that'd be a great idea. And it was to make Paul stop talking about me. JT with you as we continue on the no trade clause. Derek Carr. Uh, Bobby came up with a good idea as we put the show together today. What do you like about the car contract most, Raider Nation? Maybe that's a wake you up today and get you moving here. As I'm not hosting a podcast here, we're talking to you. What do you like about the contract? Do you like the length of it? Do you like the money? The flexibility? Maybe you don't like something in the contract. I think it's a pretty fair, friendly contract for both sides. But I'm not sitting here as a capologist. What do you Raider fans like about this deal that kind of guides you more to Derek and giving Derek more credit, 702-365-9200. Is there a key element in this contract after you heard the GM speak, the quarterback speak, and maybe you've read some columns from some other insiders about this deal? The Cardinals have not made a contract offer to Kyler Murray. Uh, Kyler Murray is not happy. Kyler Murray scrubbed them from their Instagram, acted like a child, and now, according to several reports here, he is not happy. And look, there's contracts going down. One just went down for Derek Carr. Kyler Murray claimed his social media scrub had nothing to do with the Cardinals. And now there's been no bridge. Nothing powerful has happened between both sides. They're trying to find a compromise. Tom Pelissario from NFL Media reported on Tuesday that the Cardinals have yet to make an extension offer. Yet to make that extension. Pelissario adds that while other teams are monitoring the situation... The Cardinals have no interest 
in trading Murray. He just became extension eligible after conclusion of the season, his third year as a pro. He's the 2019 number one overall pick. He's set to make $5.5 million this year. And according to Pro Football Talk, with Derek Carr becoming the latest in a string of quarterbacks to sign extensions, Murray's agent wants to be next. Cardinals have to make a decision on his fifth-year option by May 2nd, but it seems obvious that they're going to exercise that. Murray's been named to the last two Pro Bowls. While the Cardinals did improve to 11-6 and and get a postseason berth after finishing 8-8 eight and eight last year. In 14 games, Murray completed 69.2% of his passes, only 3,787 yards, but 24 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. He also ran for five touchdowns and 525 yards. So he's a dual-threat player that seems to be, to, to me, he's being very immature. Baker Mayfield, immature. Kyler Murray, immature. And they both won Heisman trophies at Oklahoma. They both won Heisman trophies. Got to be kind of mature to stand on that stage with the legends. And they're acting very immature in regards to what's happening there. Also, Lamar Jackson's contract is upcoming. And I believe he deserves his contract. He's a hell of a player. That is one hell of a player. He can run. He can throw. He's clearly overextended to the point where he's the entire offense on that team, and I think he deserves a big-time contract. Uh, Nothing new today also on the issue with Daniel Snyder. I read the Washington Post today. There's more and more negativity back there. The local market in D.C. is ready to move on from him. The national media is ready to move on from him. National fans of other teams who aren't keeping an eye on this realize it's time for him to go. So that will be a big storyline going forward. Reggie Jackson called into my show last night. Let me set this up. Clayton Kershaw yesterday had a perfect game going through seven innings. Came out in the seventh inning, went to the bench. All of a sudden, his teammates started hugging him. They took him out of the game. Dave Roberts talked to him. He needed six more outs to throw the 24th perfect game all time. There hasn't been one in a decade. Most fans are furious about this baseball Lost a golden opportunity to have a marketing moment. A great opening marketing moment. A memorabilia expert told me yesterday it would have been the biggest achievement of Kershaw's entire career. Other than the World Series, that's a team. Individually, he lost out on a perfect game. He's never been close. And he had 13 strikeouts. And the record for most strikeouts ever in a perfect game is 14. So not only did he have a chance to have a perfect game... He had an opportunity to have one of the greatest perfect games of all time. So I'm having this conversation last night, and my producer says to me, hey, Reggie Jackson is ready to go. Reggie Jackson's on hold. Here's Mr. October last night as he called into my show. Well, I uh, I commented on, on it on, on Twitter. Did you see it? Yes, that's why I texted you. It's exactly why I texted you, Reg. I, I saw you, and I said, I got to get him on the radio. You know, I, I, I guess it's just so hard. Uh, I think I remember, I want to say Walker Bueller had a no-hitter for six innings. Uh, the guy Hill had a no-hitter for six or seven. Uh, he left the game. Um, and I, I don't know 
you know, when you think back about it now and go over it and what really did happen, certainly Kershaw has been very fragile in the last at least two seasons. And, you know, they're doing their best to stretch him out. Spring training was yesterday. It Certainly it was short. It's more short for the pitchers than anybody else. Um, and so do I understand it? Gosh, yes, but it's painful. It really is painful because of the, 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 the weight that you put on a perfect game. Are there 13 or 14 of them? There's hundreds of no hitters. And Kershaw, you know, it, it would have helped his career, makes him a little even more special. I think he's three Cy Youngs. Is that right? I believe so. I, I don't know if it's three. I will get a double check on that. I thought it was two, but yeah. I'll check on that. You could be right, Reggie. Uh-huh. But he's a first ballot you Hall know, of Famer. And, first ballot. Yeah, first ballot Hall of Famer. And, and I three. don't You were right. It is ever... three, Reggie. You're, you go ahead. You're, you're right. It was yeah. three. I, I don't know if he's ever won a big game in postseason. He's, he's never thrown his glove on the mound in postseason or down the stretch and shut you down with a one run. You know, a Gibson effort, a Catfish Hunter gap effort, a Drysdale, a Colfax, a, a, a Seaver, just, you know, a, a, just a, a Maddox, just a sheer shut you down. You ain't going to get anything today. You got to beat him one to nothing. Um, and and I, 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 you know, I've always wanted him to be that guy. I'm a fan. I mean, a Hall of mm-hmm. Famer, Reggie Jackson, all that other nonsense. But I am still a baseball fan, and I'm a fan of a guy like that. That's a class act and a great pitcher. Um, but we all want him to – we all wanted him to be more than he is. And Reggie, I just tough. said, Reggie Jackson's our guest. Reggie, I just said, the bet, as a fan, all I could have said was, what would that clubhouse have looked like in that celebration with the perfect game? There hasn't been a perfect game thrown in a decade. There's only been 23 all-time, 314 no-hitters. You yeah. know the difference between them. You broke up no-hitters. You've been in perfect games with teammates, right. and you've seen it. And again, I think baseball, we love baseball, but it had a bad off season with the lockout. And I think a lot of fans just would would have wanted to talk about that tonight and gravitated more to the sport. Yes. Yeah. And he's a guy that people would have just loved for it to have happened to. I mean, he's had it in his, in all of his greatness, he's had so many bad breaks that, that, or, or deems that, that have, that this would have been the Dodgers and the city and people would have rallied around him and it it would have carried that team for the next two years, <laughs> you know, because he's a special guy that ha- that comes through as the person he is, um, that it just had, it had more meaning today to me with, yes. with, with it being him. Reggie, let me ask you this. Tell me about April for you in your Hall of Fame career. What about these batters who aren't ready? They have prolonged slumps. Or you, in your career, an example where you came out red hot, where pitches weren't ready or a pitches that dominant early. Walk me through your typical April coming out of spring training back in the day when you got a lot of at-bats and you were ready to get going. 
Um, I had, usually I got off to a decent start. I did have one or two bad starts, one in 1970 and another one, I want to say in 19, either 72 or, or something like that, um, 72, maybe 73. And I won the most valuable player award in 73. Um, but you can get a little too anxious. Um, I want to say it, it was 71 or something. I hit 11 home runs in the spring, and I wound up in April with like two. Mm. And, and I swore I'd never hit a bunch of home runs in the spring again. And I didn't. I'd hit two or three home runs and well, four or five the last week, and then that would I just wouldn't hit any homers because I, you know, got off to a terrible start one year. Um, it got to the point for me, JT, where I needed about thirty-five to forty at bats to be ready when I was young. When I got older, I wanted fifty to sixty uh, at bats. Wow. I played B games. I, I played B games. Um, that in the morning at 10 o'clock when I played with the angels, uh, Gene mock gave me some extra at bats. Um, but yeah, uh, like we, our guy Altuve is off to a, to a bad here with the Astros, but he, he's a great player. Um, and he's pressing a little bit, trying to get off to a good start. And then you fall behind and, um, you know, you look around and you see a great player like him. And I, you know, or Otani, don't worry about them, ladies and gentlemen. You better get yours, because they'll. <laughs> in the end, they're going to have theirs. And when they start rolling, you better you better hope you ain't playing them. Hey Reggie, last one. I, uh, yeah, started. Reggie, last one. I see. Uh, I see on the sidelines with your friend Mark Davis at all these Raider games. Uh, they extended him. Big contract. I interviewed Derek Carr today. Very humble guy. I know you know him. Mark Davis paid him. And the Raiders have their quarterback locked up for the future. Well, I'm happy about that. I know Mark is happy about that. Uh, Larry Delson, his, uh, you know, his operations guy is mm-hmm. there. And uh, Mark always gives credit to the other people. Um, he's saying, I'm just, I'm just, a, I'm just a fan that's here, uh, sitting in the big white castle. He said, but, um, you know, Reggie, my people are doing a great job. When I call to congratulate him, he lays it off on other people. Um, so I'm happy for Mark because they, I think they've had the best off season of any team in the NFL. That don't make me right. I'm a Raider fan. I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Everybody knows that. But Mark Davis is my friend. And so uh, I reach, root for the Raiders as well. And anytime I can get to a game, I'm going to get over there and get me a front row seat. Thanks, Reggie. So appreciate I'm, you doing this. Okay, JT. That was Reginald Martinez Jackson last night. Nice to get that Raider plug in from Reggie. I see Reggie had a lot of games. He's on the sideline at Allegiant Stadium as a guest to Mark Davis. So he was real happy for that Derek Carr deal. Reggie Jackson and Bobby, you and I were talking about uh, during that interview. Who are the five pitchers in our lifetime that we know would not come out of a perfect game? I'll go first, Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson would never come out. If Randy Johnson's arm was hanging and there was six, this is a six-out perfect game, so he wouldn't come out. I'll go first, Randy uh, Johnson, you go. I'm going to say Kurt Schilling. Kurt Schilling's good. 
There's Kirk no Schiller, way Kirk, Kirk I mean, with the bloody sock, you know he's not going to come out of a perfect game. Yeah, and he never threw one, and it would help him get in the Hall of Fame, mm. which isn't in the Hall of Fame. I'll also go, I'll go a good one here. I'll go Yankees. I think Whitey Ford, not in our, our lifetime before us, Whitey Ford was one of the greatest Yankee competitors of all time. Never pitched, I believe, a perfect game. Don Larson did in the World Series. I'll go Whitey Ford. I have a, I have another one, but I'll give you this one. Fergie Jenkins. Fergie Jenkins. Ferguson Good Jenkins. One. And we'll throw Bob Gibson in with that. Both badass. Well, he was my year or two, so. Yeah, badass. Yeah. Fergie Jenkins. Why? Why'd you say him? Just because he's a badass? Just because he's tough. He was tough as nails. You right. just sent him out there. It was like oil can boy. You send that guy out there. He's not. You, the manager comes out to get the ball. It's like, I'm keeping that ball. You go sit down. And you got one more that is good. Former Red Sox. Pedro. Pedro Martinez. Absolutely. Pedro Martinez would have never, ever, ever. Also, my good friend chimes in. Nolan Ryan. Roger Clemens. Clemens. Yeah. Clemens. No, Nolan Ryan, too. Well, yeah, but Clemens, I mean, yeah. We, we can't leave out Nolan Ryan. Yeah, but I don't know if Nolan Ryan would have thrown a hissy fit on the mound the way Clemens would have. You know? I, well, Clemens, I, we're trying to think of who would show emotion coming out of the game. That's really the topic of yesterday is why didn't Clayton Kershaw fight to stay in the game? And Dave Robertson, Clayton Kershaw covered up for each other. They both had the talking points together. Roberts went to Clayton Kershaw before the game and said, and this is what drove me nuts. Before the game, he said he went to Kershaw, and Kershaw said 80 to 85 pitches. Okay, let's assume that's right. When he went to Clayton Kershaw before the game, he didn't say, if you're throwing a perfect game. Exactly. Now, if he said, hey, it's, I'm going to start off, you're going to give up three runs, 80, 85, good, yeah, I'm good. Perfect game. I, I go back to the era where pitchers threw 110, 120, 130 pitches. There was no a fifth inning guy, sixth, seventh, eighth inning guys. You know. But what I mean? this comes down to something even different. This isn't about. We know Kershaw could go 110, 20 pitches if he had to. At the end, he's at the end of his career. Back end of his career. They're lucky they brought him back. Mm. They were looking to move on from him, and mm -hmm. they did a nice deal and brought him back. Kershaw's got to understand. What that baseball means, that perfect game in Cooperstown. And when they move it over to Dodger Stadium and they put up a mural in center field saying Clayton Kershaw, perfect game. you mm -hmm. got to think of the branding. Now, the Dodgers have the best brand out there other than Yankees and a couple other teams. This was a moment in Dodger history that you took away from Dodger fans who are paying for this. $250 million payroll. And for Dave Roberts to say he was worried about October that is bush leg. That's for Absolutely. dummies who aren't paying attention. Kershaw, and Kershaw should have went out and said, I'm just going to throw fastballs, no breaking balls, down the middle, and I'm going to take five miles off. So I'm going to throw it. He throws it about, fastballs about 87. He doesn't get over 90 anymore. Take it down about 80, and the first pitch comes up, ground ball back to him. That's one out. Yeah. Second batter comes up and has three foul balls, three and two count pops up. He's got four outs away. If the first guy gets a base hit or he walks him, you take okay. him out of the game. Right. Exactly, yeah. What am I, what am I missing? I, it's, it, this, Why did this, he do this? This? Is, this is the 21st century athlete. This is micromanaging. Th this is the stack geeks ruining baseball. What's the difference between this and a mom coming out on the field in the eighth inning in a Summerlin South Little League game in extra innings because the kid's arm's falling off and mom's out there saying no. Dave Roberts, Dave Roberts stole a moment of baseball is because he's Kershaw. When you get to Kershaw, 
in the eighth inning, he can throw the perfect game. Of course. The kid out of uh, AAA two years ago probably won't. This isn't some guy you just brought up from the minor leagues last no. year when he's getting his first start. I mean, this is this is bleeping Clayton Kershaw. How cool. Yeah, it was, I agree. How cool is it that Reggie called in? Reggie's driving around. Well, he's your boy, right? He was my boy. How, that? uh, That's like Steven Tyler sending me Christmas yes, cards. That would be like Steven I mean? Tyler listening and calling in here. <laughs> 702-365-9200. In the last 24 hours, I've sp- spoke to Derek Carr, Dave Ziegler, and Reggie Jackson. They all called me. Well, Derek was in person. Let's hear from you before I get out of here. 702-365-9200. What do you love about the car contract? What's the one thing in the contract that you see? that you like a lot, which brings you more to Derek's side. 702-365-9200. Raider Nation Radio, big Friday show tomorrow. Sam will join us from Sam and Ash. Former NFL executive Randy Mueller will check in. And a little bit more. We're still putting that show together, too. And then the following week, we gear up for the draft. Two weeks from today, the NFL draft on the Strip in Vegas. A monumental moment in Las Vegas sports history. Cincinnati and a worldwide television audience watching these moments tonight here at Riverfront Stadium. 2-1 pitch from Schaub in the left center. There it is. Rose has eclipsed Cobb. That's number 4,192. Pete Rose's birthday today, everybody. How did it take me that long to say that? Our friend Pete Rose is 81 today, the all-time hit king who should be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. I said the days that we should talk about Pete in the Hall of Fame are Hall of Fame Vote Day, Hall of Fame Induction Day, and Hall of Fame Pete Rose Birthday Day. And today's his birthday. I know what they're doing. You know what they're doing, too. They're waiting for Pete. He's 81 years old. He only has so many years left where he could walk around and shake people's hands as a Hall of Famer. And these bums don't have enough time to call an emergency meeting and talk about this again. Baseball really can't put on the plaque. He cheated by gambling and put that on the plaque and get him in the Hall of Fame and do this after all of these years. I understand the people that want to keep him out. I understand your reasoning and your reasoning is fair. I'm not arguing that, but I'm saying for the mass majority of people that want Pete in, including all the baseball players, because he apologized, because he admitted it, it took him too long to do it, but we've moved on. It seems like we can forgive every scumbag politician that this country's had, every lowlife who should go to jail and cuts a deal and cuts a plea and doesn't even have to wear an ankle bracelet. We forgive everybody, but we won't forgive Pete Rose. We forgive everybody. Presidents, senators, congressmen for doing heinous things. But we don't forgive Pete Rose, who's apologized multiple times for his transgressions. Don't understand it. Sal in Vegas on Carr's contract. Hello, Sal. Hey, JT. Good afternoon. Hey, Sal. Hey, uh, yeah, I wanted to real quick on the Dodger thing with Kershaw. Oh, man, Uh, that was so disappointing. I was just so let down. I mean, just all the things that he's been through with, you know, in games where he's had to be taken out for, you know, mm-hmm. in big games. He was he he was owed that moment. He should have 
been able to finish that game. It was so disappointing. But uh, as far as Carr's contract, I think it's you know I think his contract is is awesome. You know I'm glad that he he did make it contract friendly enough for uh, you know other players to get a little piece and to um, to be able to build the team more and keep and secure more players to the team. I'm just happy for him because you know a lot of people hate on him, but you know without him we would never be in this situation. Just think about if his first four years and he was gone, how many other quarterbacks he would have probably went through. Uh, I always, you know, I'm fighting for cards. He's not the problem with our team. You know, we can go on forever, but I'm happy for his contract. And, you know, the other, other thing that makes me so happy with him getting his contract is just having players that want to be playing for the Raiders, not only because mm-hmm. they are contracted to, but because their first love, their first team was, was a Raider, like Devontae, like, card i don't know how many others are on the team but those are just the two that come to the top of my head and i'm just so proud when we finally do get this thing and we finally do get the championship it's going to be with raider players that grew up loving the raiders and it's all going to be about the raiders at the end thank you appreciate the call and you know you think you got the guys there's probably more i just don't know off the top of my head but Carr grew up a raider fan and Devontae did like you said they are raider fans and they want to win and this is not about fandom anymore it's about just winning winning games the sports books have the Raiders at eight and a half for a reason. Degree of difficulty with the schedule and brand new organization on the football side. And all the games that they won on last second field goals, they think are going to balance out the other way. So if they won five games, what was it, five or six games on the final play, five of them on kicks, one on the Zay Jones touchdown on Monday night, they feel like that'll sway back to two out of four or you know two and four losses or Three and three. So be the the Vegas Sharps know what they're doing. They want to bump this Raider number up, get more money in coming at nine, which means they'd have to win. You know, if they put it at nine and a half, you got to win ten. At eight and a half, you got to win nine. At nine, a push at nine's not worth it. You need ten. Raider fans can get that eight and a half up to a nine. Or maybe Raider fans wanted to sit there at eight and a half and book it and watch the Raiders win 11 games and go to the window, whatever it takes to win money. A Raider Dave in Denver. Been a while, Dave. How are you? Uh, doing okay, JT. Thank you very much, man. You've been killing it lately. I'm so happy to be able to listen to you while I'm working. You know, there are three words at the top of a paragraph in that new contract that mean one thing to me, and that is that the word of Derek Carr is solid. He kept saying that he would never want to play against anybody else or play for anybody else, and that no-trade cause that is the point that I love because when I get with my Raider brethren at our great chapter here in Colorado Springs, we got a couple of them that just want to get in my face every week and talk about car this, car that. Now I got three words to say right back at them and tell them to sit down. No trade clause, brother. Yeah, I think Car Dave, you know the Raiders really well. I think that Derek's not looking ten years down the road. I think Derek looks at this deal that he's got to win a Super Bowl in this four year window, most likely three year window. And that he has the team to do it now. If they can keep this roster together on the offensive side and get another offensive lineman and one more defender, maybe a linebacker, I think it's one of the best rosters in football. If they keep them upright, we're going all the way. Yep, appreciate it. That's going to be tough. You know, it's going to be tough for them. This offensive line, they got to keep them upright. And the ball's going to come out very quickly. Derek needs to let the play develop 30 yards down the field. You can't do it. With the offensive line from last year. Not going to happen. And the offensive line from last year is kind of the offensive line this year. That's why I think the Raiders have one more trick. One more big move. 
If I'm right, I think the Raiders, and I've been right a lot on this, I think the Raiders are going to get a marquee, well-recognized offensive lineman who's cut from another team due to salary purposes at the end of camp. They'll get a starter. They're not going to get him ready for the Hall of Fame game. They'll get him ready for the opener when the schedule comes out. Then you throw one more veteran in there who's good and reliable and is healthy. Then the Raiders will have some depth on the offensive line, too. I want to see the Raider backup offensive linemen get in only in backup situations, like a blowout. I don't want to see him in there for seven weeks in a row because Richie Incognito can't get on the field, and we got to have a backup play the whole year. That's not what that is about, a depth chart. The guys in the second group remain in the second group if everybody starts or they earn their way onto the starting roster. Offensive line, Dave Cavill mentioned it. They're not done. They're going to look into this and see what happens. Good job, Bobby. A fun day today. We appreciated that, and uh, nice to talk to Dave Ziegler for 20 minutes. That was a nice long interview. I'm sure the Raiders will put that up at Raiders.com, as they always do. Uh, Derek Carr's interview, we're going to probably play it again, a piece of it tomorrow, because we had a bunch of bites to that. We're excited about that. One more show heading into the weekend. Good weekend in front of us, and then we'll get ready for the draft. That's it. Q is coming up next. Uh, Vinny's on vacation, they tell me, which he deserves. Vinny works his butt off, like most people do around here. Had a lot of fun today. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks to all of our partners, especially Modelo, who locked up our remote on the strip a week from next Thursday, and we'll tell you about that when we have the exact location, which I think is going to be pretty cool. Pretty cool because they know they got to bring a bucket of Modelo or 200 for me. There's going to be a nice crowd for that one as we get you ready for that Thursday. Q on deck. Have a great day. NBA basketball tonight. Hawks Cavaliers. It's the early game, 430 on ESPN. The late game on TNT. Pelicans at the Clippers. And the Golden Knights must win game tonight. Let's go, VGK.